So my friends, in the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's always uh, this confession of St. Peter, the, the Jesus asking, who do people say that I am? And Peter's confession of faith, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a turning point in the narrative. Uh, and so this is an important point for us that we should allow our Lord frequently to ask us this same question. Who do you say that I am? Well, first, who do, who do people say that I am? You know, we could look at, like, who do people say Jesus is in the world, right? And that there's a lot of different opinions about who our Lord is. There's a lot of public opinions. But ultimately, whatever the world is saying, whatever the culture is saying about the person of Jesus, every now and again, he turns to us. He says, yes, but actually, who do you say that I am? You, you yourself, personally, not just answering as part of a crowd, not just saying what the culture says, but you. Who do you actually say that I am? And we have to allow our Lord to ask us that question frequently. Who do you say that I am? Who do I say Jesus is when I actually think about it? Who do I actually say Jesus is? Who is it that I follow? And he does this, it's interesting, on the way, right? This is not some kind of like they got to some big spot. And no, just on the way. They're walking and talking. And one of the most important conversations they have in their entire time together happens. It happens on the way. And so in the midst of our daily life, this comes up. Who do we say that Jesus is? Who is our Lord for us? And then hopefully, like St. Peter, we can answer. You you are the Christ, right? We understand you are the son of the living God. We understand the depth of who Jesus is, even if we don't get all the pieces put together theologically right 100%, even if we don't understand everything that that means. We got to say, you are God. Like, Jesus, you are God. You're the son of the living God. So we believe in the Trinity, You're the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus. You are my savior, right? Our Protestant brothers and sisters often have that. Like, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and savior? Well, have I, right? If they are, have have I? Jesus, you're my savior. You saved me from my sins. Okay, so that's the first point. Who do we say that Christ is? And then second is, what does that then entail? So when we say who Jesus is, then he begins to teach us what it actually means. What he, who he, um, who, what he is and who he is, how that affects our lives. And so he teaches us, you have to take up your cross. If you really want to be my disciple, this is who I am. I am a savior. I'm a God who will die for you. I'm a God who will lay down my life for you. And so if you want to be my disciple, actually in reality, not the disciple of a caricature, not a disciple of what the media says about Jesus, but a disciple of the real Jesus Christ. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That we have to be willing to engage in the ascetical struggle. We have to be willing to allow uh, daily in our lives that we try to overcome our sins. We try to overcome our selfishness. We try to overcome our pride. We try to overcome whatever vices we have. We have We have to be willing to let the gospel actually change us. Does it actually change us? Does anything change in our life? Because I believe in Jesus Christ. Because I know that he is the son of God. Do I, do I work in that way, allowing myself to be shaped? We want to engage in that struggle. This is what he teaches us. Then he began to teach them. It's the first time he's ever taught them. After Peter confesses, you are the Christ, he begins to teach them about what that really means. I'm going to die for you. The Son of Man is not going to be a glorious conqueror of the Roman legions. 
Rather, I am going to be rejected by the chief priests and the elders and the scribes, be handed over to the Gentiles, be scourged, mocked, spat upon, and killed. That's the type of Messiah that our Lord is, one who will die for us. And you, unless you take up your cross every day, you can't be my disciple. It's we need to be willing to die for the gospel. And that's a good question to ask ourselves. After we ask ourselves who Jesus is for us, are we really willing to die for the gospel? Yesterday we celebrated the 20th anniversary, not celebrated, yesterday we remembered, we commemorated the 20th anniversary of the attacks on our nation on September 11th, where we witnessed acts of heroism of particularly first responders. Um, we pray for all the victims in, in the planes and the towers, but the acts of heroism of the first responders going into uh, the, the World Trade Center buildings, going there to, to you know, bring out as many people as I can. And I was at the, the, um, the service in the, for the city at Central Park there, and the fire chief was talking about um, the stories of, of the firemen who you know, shook hands with each other on the way into the building, knowing that they probably weren't coming out. These are people who understood um, their duty, uh, that this is something worth dying for that the, the career, the path in life that they chose uh, entails even the sacrifice of one's life. And that witness of heroism in that way, which uh, affected our entire nation, and even still, I mean, I'm getting emotional just talking about it, because it, it affects us even to today. Well, all the more so, that heroism should inspire us to work for the gospel. Am I willing to die for the gospel? Do I really see that the gospel of Jesus Christ and my commitment to him is not just something I do for an hour a week if it's convenient time-wise, but this is something I'm willing to die for? There were heroes in our nation 20 years ago yesterday, uh, and today even, and those who, who laid down their lives because of what they believed and they knew to be right. If we believe that Jesus is actually God, are we willing to lay down our life for that? If not... Then, then we don't actually believe it all the way. We need to really ask ourselves, am I, would I be willing to lay down my life for the gospel? Do I let it shape me and change me? But is this something worth dying for? The uh, Archbishop Emeritus of Philadelphia recently wrote a book. I haven't read it, but it has a good title. The Things Worth Dying For. Like, what are the things in our life that are worth dying for? And do we see following Jesus Christ? Do we see our faith? Do we see the gospel as that? This is something worth dying for. Anyone, anyone who wants to try to convince us that it's not, anyone who wants to try to talk us out of actually living um, the life of discipleship, actually engaging in this struggle, uh, is in that moment an agent of the devil. It's an agent of Satan. Those who try to turn us away from the cross, from fully living our Catholic life by explaining, no, we really don't mean that, no, you really don't have to do that. No, that's not the level of hero uh, heroic action that we're looking for, heroism. Um, they are an agent of Satan in that moment. Peter confesses, you are the Christ. Jesus begins to talk about the cross. Then Peter says, no, like, what is he, we hear? He pulls the Christ, the Son of God, aside and says, no, you can't do this. This isn't allowed. He begins to rebuke Jesus. And Jesus turns and rebukes Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Those who would turn us away 
from fully living our vocation, from fully embracing the gospel call, all the heights of heroism and sanctity, those who want to just water it down. No, no, we don't really mean the depth of commitment to our Lord. Our faith is something that's nice for us to gather on Sunday, but we're not going to die for this. This isn't worth dying for. No, be smarter than that, right? Get behind me, Satan. And even, even when it's members of the clergy, the hierarchy of the church, even if it were to be the Pope himself, then Jesus rebukes even his clerics, his priests, his bishops, even his Pope, as he did right here. Get behind me, Satan. Anyone who would water down the gospel, anyone who would try to turn us away from fully living um, what we are called to, is an agent of the devil, trying to turn us away from the truth, trying to turn us away from the cross. And so we, we shouldn't um, allow ourselves to be, to be captivated by the, oh, I really don't have to do this. Uh, yeah, you know, it's really not that big of a, I don't, God doesn't want me to sacrifice in this way. God doesn't want me to stand up and, and defend the teaching of the church. God doesn't, God doesn't want me to uh, give up my pleasures and just my, my way to go to Mass on Sunday. Like, no, get behind me, Satan. That this is, I'm called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm called to follow our Lord even to the cross. We are called to even greater holiness, if you dare to say it, than those firefighters, EMTs, and police officers that were running into burning buildings 20 years ago today. We're called to live the gospel with even greater heroism. Um, and so we, we need to see the height of our call. It's all rooted in the fact that we believe Jesus not just to be a moral teacher, not just to be a cultural figure, not just to be a community organizer. We believe that he is God. He died for my sins. And he calls me daily to die to myself, to take up my cross right after him, and to follow him and be his disciple. So my friends, this is a turning point gospel in the narrative. And if we really allow this prayer to sink in in our lives, it could be a turning point conversation, a turning point prayer in our own lives. Who do we actually say that Jesus is? Are we really willing to follow him with everything that entails? Um, and then when we hear just lies about uh, watering down the faith, watering down the cost of discipleship, um, then we need to call those out. And our Lord does as our good shepherd, calls them out. Get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking like God. You're thinking like human beings. You're, you're thinking just in a worldly way. So we ask our Lord for this great grace. Um, to have this turning point conversation with him. And if we've already had it, good, but we probably need to have it again and have it again. And let our Lord Jesus teach us what it really means to be his disciple. So as we follow him in that discipleship, and as we even follow him in the cross, then we can follow him in eternal glory.